Welcome to an inspirational message from Creekwood Church. We hope that you have an encounter with God and discover practical ways to help you live a life of purpose. Were you guys ready for the final word of the seven words? Uh, seven words that can change your life. If you've not been here the last few weeks, you can go online and listen to it. But we've been looking at seven words that can change your life. And what's really been amazing to me is that when you look at the smallest of words and how impactful they can be in our life, like a word like yes, a word like no, a word like sorry, a word like help, a word like enough, um, these words seem so small, seem so insignificant, but yet when you use those in your life, they can change your life. And so uh, again, this has been a great series. I've loved being able to teach this, not because I've felt like it's been so life-changing for you, but it's been life-changing for me also, that God has used this series to change my life. And so today, we're going to look at our final word, and it is the word thanks. Everybody say thanks. And I thought that um, talking about the word thanks on the weekend of Thanksgiving was pretty genius. <laughs> You're like, some of y'all probably could have guessed it. We were going to talk about thanks. And but to be honest with you, when I was studying this, I was like, well, okay, why did we pick the word thanks? Like, the word thanks is a really nice word, and it's a polite word, and it's, it's something you teach your kids. Like, for instance, if somebody does something nice, you, you remember when you were a kid or, or your kids were small, when somebody did something nice for your kids, what did you say to your kids before they opened up the, the candy or they opened up the present or whatever? What did you say? Say thank you or what do you say? And, and, it, and so it's a word we teach our kids and it's a nice little word, but does it really change our life? Saying the word thanks. Um, you know, we live in a, in a world that, that, that we like to say thanks when people do nice things for us. We like to use that word to express when somebody overwhelms us with something really great. But what if I were to tell you tonight that there is a deeper meaning and a deeper significance to you using the word thanks, that it can go much beyond you just expressing gratitude, but it, is, it has the ability to change so much about your life. And that when you look at this gratitude and the, the word thanks, it's not just a one-time thing of just saying thank you, but it is actually, the Bible teaches us that it's a mindset. It's a way that you live your life. Living this life of, of saying thanks. And the scripture tells us in 1 Thessalonians, if you want to turn there, 1 Thessalonians, Paul writes this in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16 through 18. He writes this to a community of believers that he's, he's teaching them and, and showing them what the, the with God life looks like. That the life that God has called you to live, this is what it ought to look like, and this is what he says this, and it's really a mind-blowing insight on us really understanding what our life ought to be like. It says, always be joyful, never stop praying. And then he writes this. He says, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will 
for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Paul says no matter what happens in your life, no matter what circumstances are going on in your life, you ought to be thankful. Is he really serious? Like, really? Like, I don't know about you, but there are a lot of things in my life that I'm not thankful for. I'm not thankful for um, traffic. I'm not thankful for, well, I am thankful now that it's over, but I wasn't thankful for all the political commercials. I was like, if I see one more political commercial, I, I'm like, I'm going to like throw my TV out the window. It was like every time you turned around. And I'm not thankful for those things. And for me to look at that and say, I'm thankful for everything, it's crazy. And what you, you, you begin to kind of see in, in, the, in the scriptures is that there's this trend that goes along where you begin to see that, again, being thankful and saying the word thanks is not just a one-time thing, a, a random thing that you say once in a while. It's a mindset. And you see this even how Jesus modeled this. Jesus modeled this lifestyle for us in the fact that when you look at this, um, Jesus didn't just... Um, say thank you when good things happened. Because that's what a lot of us are taught and a lot of us use that word. But you see Jesus expressing the word thanks even in moments that most of us would not express thanks. Like for instance, the night before he was crucified. The Bible says that he broke bread and gave thanks. Another instance that this happened was when Lazarus was, was dead and Jesus was praying for him and Jesus said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Jesus used this word, thank you, in some of the, the different types of ways that maybe we don't understand. And I, I was reading about this and studying about this just a little bit more. And, and it, one of the things that drew my attention was this. A lot of you may not know this theologian. Um, his name is Dietrich Bonhoeffer, was a German pastor. And he was, during World War II, in the concentration camps. And he said this. The statement, he was executed in the concentration camps, and this is what he said, it is only with gratitude that life becomes rich. It's only with gratitude that life becomes rich. And, you know, I look at that and I see Jesus thanking um, his heavenly father in some of the ways that I would like go, why are you doing this? I see Paul telling us this powerful statement that he says that I should thank God in all circumstances. And he goes on and he gets even deeper. Do you know that he tells us this is that the Greek word for will, it says that it's God's will for you to be thankful that it's the verb is thelo, which it means God's best offer to his people. In other words, God's best offer for you is that you live a grateful life. So you hear Paul teaching about this. You see Jesus modeling this. And so you have to bring yourself to the question of there's got to be more than this is just supposed to be a nice, polite little thing that we're supposed to do when somebody does something nice for us. Now, what if this is something much deeper that has a, a deeper soul-changing 
mindset, a, a lifestyle that I actually live in the midst of always knowing that I am going to be grateful no matter what I face in my life. You want to know what God's will is for your life? I don't know if you've ever asked yourself that question. I think everybody ought to ask yourself. Paul tells us what his will is. Paul says God's will for your life is that you are grateful. Think about that. That you live your life being thankful. That's tough. I think it takes a lot of discipline to do that. And I think if we base our gratitude and base our thanks on circumstances, we won't be grateful. Because life has a way of of rocking our world. Life has a way of pulling the rug out from underneath us and making us begin to get to a place that we're going, I just don't know if I have anything to be grateful for. And yet what we see is that Paul commands us. He, He doesn't suggest this. Paul commands this to us. He says that we ought to be thankful. It's a commandment, just like thou shalt not kill. He says to be thankful in all circumstances. So you got to think about this. How are you doing when it comes to being grateful? Are you growing as a grateful person? In gratitude, in your heart, do you believe that you're becoming a more thankful person in your life? Now, automatically, some people want to push back and go, well, pastor, that's just not my personality to express myself. Like, I'm, I'm, it's not really the way I am. I don't, like, express it, but I feel it. And, like, you know, I don't know if you've ever had anybody, don't raise your hand, but have you, like, like, anybody ever tell you that you were ungrateful? That's like one of the, the like, craziest words to say to somebody. Probably the only person that ought to raise their hand is a 13-year-old. Being ungrateful. But you've been around people, and, and you know, what happens is if anybody, and, and most of us as adults are not used to that because we don't say that to people's faces. We usually say that to somebody else about you. <laughs> that you're ungrateful. But it's a tough, I, I, I really believe it's a tough word for somebody to say that we're ungrateful. And, and what happens is if we get defensive, we, get, we start to push back because we see ourselves as being grateful. And most of us, what happens is that we retreat into grateful feelings or grateful thoughts, but we don't really have moments that we can say that we have grateful and, and, and thankful expressions that we are verbally verbalizing our thankfulness. And I want to show you this because it, it has got to be beyond just you feeling or, or saying, I'm, I'm grateful. Because the power of, of living a thankful life, it's found in the moments that you express the gratitude, that you say thank you, that you express it to people. And that there, there are are 
are benefits. There are things that it brings into your life. Do you know, if you want to take some notes tonight, um, gratitude, gratitude, doesn't it generate generosity? Like, for example, when, when you've been generous to somebody and then somebody is grateful to you, don't you want to be generous more to them? But you are generous to somebody, they're ungrateful, you don't want to be generous anymore, right? But if you're generous and you do something for somebody, you want to you, you keep doing it. Gratitude generates generosity. It's a natural reaction to want to um, be generous to people that are, that are grateful to, it, to us. Ingratitude not only, listen to me, it not only shuts down generosity when you're in, uh, ungrateful, but do you know that ingratitude can shut down an entire relationship? Listen to me. This is why this is much deeper than you're thinking when it comes to the gratitude in your heart. That ingratitude can actually shut down an entire relationship. What happens is that, when, you know, when, when somebody is ungrateful or there's ingratitude going on in a relationship, and sometimes it happens in the, the closest relationships. It happens even mar- in marriages where you feel like there's, there's ingratitude. And what happens is if you don't feel when they're not grateful towards you and expressing it, what happens is you don't want to be generous. You don't want to be generous with your time, your involvement, your emotions, or even your passion. Ingratitude has the power, again, to shut down an entire relationship. See, I want you to hear me tonight when I say this, is that unexpressed gratitude is actually a form of rejection. That gratitude is, is it's never invisible or silent. I know we want to push back and say, well, pastor, my personality is that I don't say it, but I, in my heart, I'm really grateful towards my wife or my husband or my kids. I'm grateful. They just don't know it. And I want to just say this to you. If it isn't expressed, it doesn't exist. And what happens is it's that ingratitude is shutting down some of your relationships. You don't remember the last time where you're like, well, you know what? My daddy never expressed anything, so I don't express it. And I'm just not good with my words and whatever. You're in a relationship that's starving. And ingratitude will destroy your relationships. And, and finding those small things to say, you know what? Paul commands us that it is God's will for me to live this grateful life and be thankful. So you start to look for opportunities to actually verbalize it. How does it make you feel when, when you're, maybe your spouse or your kids or somebody, you know, let's say your daughter or son comes up to you, mom or dad, and hugs you and says, thank you for like working a bunch of hours so I can get a brand new toy. You know, it doesn't make you feel good. <laughs> uh, you, we don't know. <laughs> our, our, you know, men, when's the last time you told your wife, just, babe, I, thank you for the way that you, you, you raise our kids. Thank you for working extra job, an extra job or the way you, you work all day and you come home and you try to make things special. Thank you. 
Ladies, when's the last time you communicated to your husband that you're so grateful that, that we lay around all day on Sunday watching TV? <laughs> that you're so grateful that we lay in, on the couch all day long and we watch TV and it just means the world does. That you're grateful for that. That we're not running around to Target and Walmart and I don't know what it is. My wife's like, I can be so tired and all of a sudden, hey, let's go to Walmart. I'm like, hey, no. I don't want to go to Walmart. She wanted to go to Walmart last night. I'm like, babe, no. I put my foot down. It was tough. But what, one of the things that happens, again, is... is um, this unexpressed gratitude, again, we forget that it's really a form of rejection. Um, and we're not expressing it, and yet you, you go, well, I, I'm, I'm grateful in my heart. And we're not expressing it, and it, it just, it's just, it's destructive. And one of the things that happens, again, and there's lots of reasons why we don't express our gratitude, and, and partly is that we feel entitled um, and do you know that gratitude always starts where, where my sense of entitlement stops? And when you feel entitled to things, and, and it, again, this is a dangerous place to be in where you start to feel you're entitled to everything. And um, I read this study that, that um, a professor at Harvard actually, I, w- I just want to read this article that he wrote about this when it comes to uh, gratitude in our kids and being entitled. It says, Parents were fed a myth that if children feel better about themselves, if parents praise them, cater to their every need, and make them feel happy, it'll help them develop character. But what we're seeing in many cases is the opposite. When parents organize their lives around their kids, those kids expect everyone else to do too as well. And that leads to entitlement. Weisberg concludes this. He says this, when children are raised to feel entitled for everything, they are left feeling grateful for nothing. And a lot of us are raising kids that are feeling entitled to everything. And what you feel like you deserve or you think you deserve, you will not be grateful for. And again, this is a dangerous place that you have to navigate in, 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 in when it comes to relationships when it comes to uh, your kids. And there, again, there's a lot of reasons why we don't express it. I think we get entitled. I think there's also the, the, the aspect of, of when this happens, then I'm, go, I'm going to be grateful. And I, I've, for years, I've spent a lot of time in my life kind of believing this, that, you know, like, well, you know, when I get married, then I'm going to be happy. Or when, I, when I'm a pastor or when, you know, and, and there's always been these dif- different seasons. When I get out of high school or when I go to college, and listen to me, we need to eliminate this when-then thinking from our, our, our mindset. Because it causes us, again, when, when you feel entitled or you're thinking when this, this happens or, you know what, as soon as we pay off the house or as soon as our, some of you are like, used to go, well, as soon as we have kids, if we could just have a kid, we would be happy. And now you're like, as soon as our kids get out of the house, we're going to be happy. <laughs> and some of you, like during the holidays, you're going to be going, as soon as my in-laws leave the house, 
They can't leave soon enough. We're going to be happy around the house. And everybody said, amen. <laughs> Don't say that around your family. But it's, it's, it's true. It's so easy to, again, we get entitled. We start to think the win-then thing. And, and, and again, we, we get to this place that we don't express it. And I want to encourage you to, to understand this is again, and I, I really want that to, to soak into your heart, is unexpressed gratitude is actually a form of rejection. And I want to show you a great example of this in Luke chapter 17, verse 11. Luke chapter 17, verse 11. Um, this is a story that you've probably heard at, at some time or another if you've been around church for very long. But um, let me read some of this to you, and then we'll kind of talk a little bit about it. But in, in Luke 17, verse 11, it says, Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And the writer records this, if you understand the context of this passage of of Scripture, is that Jesus is on the outskirts of town. There are ten men that have leprosy. And leprosy was just a horrible, horrible disease in that time. If you had leprosy, you couldn't go back to your family. You couldn't go into town. And you were on the outside of town living in, in just a dirty mess. And Jesus comes along, and they, they, they yell out to Jesus, Jesus, would you, would you have mercy on us, and would you heal us? These ten guys. And this condition that they have has separated them and from their families again, and they're yelling out. In verse 14, it says, when he saw them, he said, go show yourself to the priest. And what does that mean? Basically, in that time, the priests were like the doctors, they were the ones that could give you the approval to be able to say, I'm healed. The priest said, I'm okay. So in other words, you went and coughed in front of the, you know, or opened your mouth and, and the, the, the priest would look at you and say, you're healed and you're okay. You can go back. And this is why Jesus is telling them, go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed on their way. It's an amazing passage. It says they were healed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Jesus makes a powerful statement here is that he asked this question. He says, weren't there ten people that, ten guys that got healed and only one came back? Only one circled around and came back. One, you know, the 10 guys are running and going and they realize they're healed and they're on their way to see the priest. And one of them circled back around. And I would just stop there and just say this to you is that I believe that we need to be people that will circle back. You need to be a person that realizes that You need to circle back around and remember the people of your past and people in your life that helped you become who you are today. And I don't know what it is that sometimes, I guess, our view of ourselves and our pride and our arrogance starts to make us believe that we are who we are and we've accomplished what we have and we went through college and we got the the job we have because we're so smart. And listen, every once in a while, you ought to just take a moment and circle back around and go back to your past. And maybe it's a coach. 
that you need to go back and you need to look them up and you need to express it and verbalize it. Maybe it's a teacher. Maybe it's your mom. Maybe it's your dad. That maybe you look at them and you're going, you know what? I know you're, you're all educated now and you look at, you, you got this awesome job and you went to college and stuff and you look at your dad and you're like, yeah, my dad was just, he just worked this, or my mom, they just had this simple life. But listen to me, your mom and dad made great sacrifices for you to do what you do today. And I just encourage you to be the kind of person that will circle back around and go back and you'll circle back around like this one guy and go say thank you. Don't assume that they know. Don't just think that, you know what, my heart's thankful. Go express it. Go say it. Speak it. You know what's kind of crazy to me is that you read this passage of Scripture of these ten guys that got healed, and you're like, those other nine guys are so ungrateful. I can't believe they're like just racing, all excited about being healed, and they're so pumped about their life, and they're so selfish, and they're not grateful. I can't believe that. But I think it's important to say this, is that, you know what, I bet if you were to run up and catch up with these guys and catch them and say, hey, aren't you grateful? I'm sure that all these other nine guys would have stopped and said, are you kidding me? I'm grateful. Look at me. I'm healed. They would have probably said, are you kidding me? I'm so grateful. But listen to me. Again, they never expressed it. They're grateful, but they didn't express it. And again, unexpressed gratitude communicates ingratitude. It, it communicates in gratitude, and you've, been, you've probably been around people that you've done a, a ton of things for them, and they're not ever saying thank you. And you start to wonder, is what I'm doing for them really matter? Again, if you, again, it, listen, whatever, whatever reason why you say you don't like to express it is maybe you feel like it's, you deserve it or... Um, it's your right, whatever reason it is, you need to express it because there's power in that word thanks. It can heal a relationship. It generates generosity. It restores you. Listen to me. When you are generous, it generates generosity. It generates your relationships. When, when somebody is, it says thank you to you, don't you want to love them even more? When somebody expresses that verbally, how would that change your life if you flip it around and you started actually verbalizing that and saying, man, I just want to thank you for giving me this opportunity. I just want to thank you for doing this for me in my life. I want to thank you for being that kind of friend to me that listens to me, that stood by me when I was kind of losing my mind. And all of us have been there. We've all had those seasons where we made decisions or we, in our thought processes, we weren't thinking straight. And you have those kind of friends that were just there. And they may, got, they may have gotten sick of you talking about it, but they were there with you. And you need to express it. Um, the application, again, is stop assuming that people know that you're grateful and that you're thankful. 
Again, uh, I hope that you really let this get ingrained in your heart, that gratitude is never invisible. It's not supposed to be silent. It's supposed to be something that you communicate in your life. Um, You know, grateful people can find a blessing anywhere, in almost any situation. When you're grateful, um, people can find a blessing in almost any situation. And I love what, what the, the writer says in, in Psalms 118, 24. It says, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. That this is the day the Lord has made. Not tomorrow, not the next day, but today. And find the blessing in today and be grateful and thankful for it. Psalms 90, 12 says, teach us to number our days. That we may gain a heart of wisdom. And I love the phrase that it says, teach us to number our days. In other words, that this does not come naturally to us. And that we need to be taught to, to, to number our days, to not take for granted any day. To not take for granted people. You know, and you walk in this, this next week, these next couple days, and there's going to be every reason for you to not want to be thankful. And again... Um, it's very easy to just kind of walk through Thanksgiving and just not, not thinking about really being thankful. And I want to encourage, and I hope that as you walk through these next, through day, next few days, that the power of you verbalizing it, that you speak it out, that maybe over these next few days that you're going to make some phone calls, that you're going to go actually go look somebody up. You're going to go to somebody, and you're going to sit down in front of them and say, you know what, I'm so grateful, and I want to thank you for believing in me when nobody else believed in me. I want to thank you for doing this. Maybe this Thanksgiving, the, the highlight of your Thanksgiving is not that you overate and you pigged out, which is wonderful. I love, I love doing that. But maybe the highlight of this Thanksgiving is that you took a moment. Maybe you drove three hours to see a teacher. You drove three hours to find some relative or some individual, some neighbor, somebody that made a difference. That you were the kind of person that circled back around and said, you know what? I know the power of me expressing this thanks and how it can change my life and change their life. So I'm going to verbalize it. I want to ask you to bow your heads as we pray tonight, and I just want to invite you tonight to open your heart to God and allow him to show you the life of gratitude, that beginning to take those steps of saying, God, I thank you for this incredible life that you've given me. I'm so grateful. I thank you. I thank you for my spouse. I thank you for my kids. I thank you for my job. I thank you for the air that I breathe. I thank you for my health. Father, I pray that all of us would listen to your voice tonight. God, I thank you for these next few days where we can bring ourselves back into alignment with what being thankful truly means. We thank you for this, God. And everyone said, amen. Thank you for listening. For more messages and information about Creekwood Church, visit us at creekwoodchurch.com.